The following podcast is a true crime podcast. We cover some dark things, so as always, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Crime and Color, the show where we share with you true cases about people of color and true crime. I'm Kiara. And I am JV, and I'm currently holding a lipstick brush that has um, the wand from Card Captor Sakura on it, and I feel fucking magical. And we're here. We <laughs> are. <laughs> I So, I don't know if people out there apply lipstick with a separate brush. I do not. I highly recommend it. The application is so smooth. I don't really wear lipstick much anymore. I'm a gloss girl now because I like a really natural, like no, no makeup, makeup right now. I feel that. I have, ooh, I did also over Christmas get the, house laboratories um lipstick the one from lady gaga the one in a sort of a christmas red sparkle um which is cute but like i have i've i tried to wear it once and hated it so but i have it so i i'm sure it'll come up in for a look at some point yeah yeah i bought the new bite beauty foundation I saw um, the application was so good. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah, and I replaced my Desi and Katie palette that got kind of destroyed when I traveled. Mm. And I think I'm going to get the Fenty mascara. Ooh. I'm a mascara fiend and drag me all you want. I just can't, I can't kick it with drugstore mascaras. They don't work for me. They always look bad. I'm sorry. I have to do the higher end mascaras. I will not drag you for that. But why would I do that? <laughs> I don't, some people are like, when I say that I, like when I list the mascaras that I like, they're like, you don't use drugstore mascara? This bougie bitch. I'm like, girl. <laughs> like, I'm girl. It just doesn't give me the look that I like for my lashes. I have not found a drugstore one that does that for me yet. I will not lie. I have never worn mascara. <laughs> my lashes are so long make them longer i don't want to i can barely open my eyes as it fucking is oh my gosh no <laughs> you you need to try just try just try it just try it. i have it it winds up just looking like sort of um what's the word um like clumpy, like every time I try to apply it, it just looks clumpy, and I don't. It just doesn't look great. <laughs> no, I'm not using clumping ones. Literally every time I'm using the product that people I'm sorry, tell I'm me to stand, and I just can't understand how you're just not doing it. <laughs> no, it 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 never really looks good with me. Also, false lashes never look good with me because oh, my I eyelashes are on. Yeah, well, my lashes are too goddamn big to put them on anyway. Like what? <laughs> so it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I could sit here and talk about mascara all day. 
like right. I don't need to thicken them up because my they're thick enough as it is and they are long enough as it is. They, they do not need to be longer. longer. It'll fuck up my look. It'll it will truly fuck up the look if they are longer. Thicker the only thing and I, longer. The only thing that I would ever thicker. No, just <laughs> the only thing I ever use is like the little spoolie to like make sure I get the eyeshadow off of them so yeah, that they stay black. Spoolie man, just add some mascara on that spoolie. I'm telling you. <laughs> I refuse. I. My lashes are Peter fine. Pressure, Peter <laughs> oh, I will say though, I did get the false eyelashes that like are magnetic. Okay. Did you see those? I'm I'm scared of those because I'm afraid they're gonna pinch me. Oh. And then I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally afraid. Of that. <laughs> oh my god! They come with an eyeliner that you put on, and the eyeliner is the thing that has the metallic part to it. So then you put the. Well, like, I can't put liner on. Oh. I used to be able to, I used to be really good at liner, at wing liner, and then I stopped doing it, and now I just can't do it anymore. Oh, honey. <laughs> so I never wear eyeliner. It sounded so passive-aggressive, but I apologize. Um, no, I, I, like, liner for the longest time was maybe the only thing that I would do. Um, there was also that phase where I was like, where I was the type of goth where I would put on a little like where I would put on eyeliner, but I would then make a fancy shape. Look at you. Like around the eye. I did this thing for a while where I would like frame at least one eye with like a sort of cat type situation. It looked real cute actually, but like <laughs> I haven't put on like just liner on its own in a good long while. Ooh. Though I have done the thing that they do with dudes sometimes where they'll just put like a slight, like a very light amount of black around the eye. Ooh. Ooh. It's a good look on them motherfuckers. <laughs> Man makeup. Look it up. Anyway, that's fun. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to get back into makeup this year. Yeah. Rocker studs. That's a rocker stud look. At least that's what I call. That's what I call it. Yeah, the little bit of guy liner, but not like Adam Lambert guy liner, which is not bad, but it's a lot. <laughs> I miss Adam Lambert. Anyway, um, do we have a... What Were those our fun facts? I feel like that was our fun fact. Um, my fun fact was actually going to be that I shaved my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, no, that's a pretty big fact, actually. Let's go with that one. <laughs> nice, honey. Yes. Yes. I, just, I was babysitting mm -hmm. and I got home from babysitting. I was home alone that weekend and I was like, you know what? I'm going to shave my head. And I just did it. Fuck yeah. And then my mom's husband uh, helped me clean it up the next day when they got home from their trip. That is always a moment. The like, all this hair is coming the fuck off. It's gone. It's and, then and it's gone. Look, like, and then you Sorry. look at it, you're like, <laughs> That's shit, the I got only it. Thing from South Park that I still quote. Oh my God. <laughs> but I know, then you gotta, like, look show, at, but that you gotta look at it and gotta like edge it up and like line it up properly. And like, that's the, that shit happening the next day is always like, oof. Oof, for me, that is rough. 
I did cut my hair recently, though. I had to trim off the full top section of it because I over-dyed it and it was dry and it was getting to the point where it was hurting the rest of my hair. Mm. That was back to being super fucking short. Yeah, I'm letting mine grow out. I'm starting my natural hair journey all over again because I didn't like my haircut after I cut it. Um, But I haven't worn my bald head well I'm not bald but I haven't worn my shaved head to work yet just because I don't feel like dealing with that <laughs> I'm sorry the sentence that popped into my head is I ain't walked into work looking like a bald headed ass bitch <laughs> was what popped into my head when you I said basically... that and I was like wow I was like be nice to yourself was what I would have said to that but anyway but no yeah. I I understand. Shit, I haven't got I haven't put on this lace front yet, despite the fact that it is right the fuck here. Well and it's a human hair lace front too. I've actually with my head shaved, laying my wigs has been oh chef's kiss. Just a fucking breeze. Just a walk in the fucking park. It's been looking so natural. Nice. That is a good thing about having short hair, because, like, that's a good thing about just having short hair in general. Like, just when you got to, like, do something with it, you can just... All I have to do if I, when I wake up in the morning is, like, run my finger through it one time, and it's fine. And I just slap like, my wig on. <sighs> Although I'm still always running late, because I keep continuously wake up late because my back hurts, and I kind of have to lay there for a half hour before I feel like getting up it's been rough i've been having like aside from just like life i've also been having well i mean i guess this is part of life but i've always been having a lot of health issues lately so Mm. kind of been going on yeah (laughs) so listeners in case you were wondering why there's been a dearth in time and why we've gone (laughs) bi-weekly our lives are fucking falling apart anyway that's fine um we're we'll we'll be fine we will be fine we will we will rebuild but not yeah. in this swamp shit yeah. anyway <laughs> we will rebuild not in this swamp it just reminds me for some reason of like needing to leave america but anyway that's fine did you um, say the swamp the swamp yes <laughs> i thought of shrek and also i want to say that at certain angles when i have my bob wig on i look like lord farquaad I do. I'll try to take a selfie and I'll look at myself and I'm just like, I look like Lord Farquaad right now. And I close the camera and I'm just like, let's just move on with our day. Because clearly the universe had to humble me. Oh, <laughs> You're not as cute as you think you are. <laughs> My God. I reiterate, be nice to yourself. Shit. That is so mean. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's oh only mean if you think Lord Farquaad is ugly. Ooh. <laughs> Honey, that was not a matter of public opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, let's dive into this case. Okay. <laughs> let's get into this, shall we? Yes. 
On the night of March 24th, 1985, a student by the name of Michelle Mallon had just finished parking in a church parking lot across from her dorm at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. That was a very long sentence. Yeah. That happens. It is fine. Okay. So she was then approached by who she described as a young black man. Well, she said African-American, but a young black man wearing a yellow shirt and sandals who asked her for help jumping her car. When she said that she could not assist because she didn't have jumper cables, the man reached into her car and unlocked her window, to which Michelle screamed and bit his thumb. The man held a knife to her throat and forced her over while he took the driver's seat and drove her to a secluded location. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. We're. I guess the I should have that... um, a trigger warning. No, it's just the fact that it was the fact that, that she bit the thumb for some reason just got me. And I don't know why it got me, but it did. Uh, but also, that's a good strategy. Good strategy, girl. Yeah. Sorry, I meant to preface this by saying um, listener warning. But we have that at the beginning yeah. of every episode. We But do. also just reiterating. Yes. Um, okay, so he drove her to a secluded location. So the man forced Michelle to perform oral sex on him, and then he proceeded to rape her. Oh. Uh, after the rape, he drove Michelle back to Lubbock. I'm not sure if it was back to the church parking lot. They don't really specify that. They just say they went back to Lubbock, um, where he stole a ring, a watch, and $2 from Rachel and walked away. Oh, my God. So yeah. immediately after the attack, Michelle called the police to file a report, and she also had um, a rape kit done on her at the hospital. Okay, good. Yeah. So some background information about Texas Tech University in 1985. This was not the first rape to have occurred in that area. There had been four other rapes that occurred before Michelle Mallon was attacked, and the people were referring to this assailant as the tech rapist. Oh, no. Yeah. The campus newspaper even had a composite sketch featured based off of the description from the other victims circulating this information, which I thought was pretty interesting. That the campus had it? And yeah, was it in, their, in their newspaper, the campus newspaper, they had the composite sketch. Um, huh. That's a good thing that I'm glad they did that, though. Yeah, that's why I was surprised, because normally you hear about colleges trying to brush this kind of thing under the rug, but... Well, the newspaper, like the college paper is usually run by a student, right? Yeah, but... That might be why. Mm, and right. a lot of times, it depends on whether or not it's the student-run presentation or it's the um, or it's the college-run one. Because if it's the college-run one, then they're going to be like very strict about what goes out and how. That's what I was thinking. They didn't specify. Yeah. So maybe I just assumed that it was the college-run one. Then again, I don't know how every school works. So, I mean, yeah. you know, either of us could be, be right. completely wrong. Or you could be completely right and I could be an asshole. It's fine. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right. 
So, unfortunately, I cannot find much information about the other victims because they never had their cases tried. We will come back to that. Oh, but no. I believe I am correct to assume that all of the victims were white women. I say this because in the article that I read from the Texas Observer about this case, um, it states that police were receiving tons of tips about the tech rapists, many of which were reports of black men simply talking to white women. Okay. <laughs> I see what you are talking about, and I am... A little pissed. <laughs> My tangent and complaint is necessary. Yes. I don't know what they were talking about, but it's Texas. So I'm assuming no matter what, if they were a black man speaking to a white woman, that is incriminating. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how the fuck it works even to this day. Even if we're not in Texas. But at the time of this case, it is Texas Tech University in 1985. Oh, fuck. So, clearly, police were under pressure to solve this case and catch the rapist. Um, so, after Michelle's attack, a team of nine officers began to conduct surveillance around campus and the surrounding areas. Hmm. So, on one particular night, I don't know the exact date, a young man by the name of, a young black man by the name of Timothy Cole drove through the church parking lot on his way to meet a friend for pizza and happened to speak to a white woman while officers were surveilling the area. Oh, dear God. Detective Ronnie Goldsby, lead investigator of the case, sent in an undercover officer by the name of Roseanne Lou Bagby to try to chat up Timothy Cole. Oh, God. The, the two chatted and Timothy flirted with her. Rosanna then returned to the officers and said, I thought he was the person we we're looking for. Thus, police stopped all investigations into other suspects and set their sights on Timothy Cole for simply flirting with her. I fucking hate that whole goddamn thing. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. Fuck it with a rake. Okay. Fuck it with a steak. But police did not have a strong case against Timothy. At all. Well, obviously the fuck not. Like, damn. Like, uh, 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 uh. So uh -uh. police went to Timothy Cole's house and took a Polaroid picture of him. This Polaroid was used in a photo lineup that investigators showed to Michelle Mallon to identify her rapist. His was the only Polaroid while the other five photos were mugshots. I fucking, I, why, I hate that photo array bullshit. It's so fucking manipulative. So clearly she identified Timothy as her rapist um, because that photo is standing out, you know, mm -hmm. but she yeah. also states later um, an, an article that comes out after we get into everything that transpires from this case. Um, she says that the police did convince her that they had em evidence that implicated him in her rape. So she genuinely believed that this was him. Oh my God. Because they kind of led her to believe that. Um, these motherfuckers. What'd you say? I said, I hate these motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. Um, 
So in the in-person lineup um, with Cole and four other prisoners, Michelle identified him as her attacker again, but the other victims did not identify him as their attacker. Um, because Michelle identified him, but the other victims did not, police charged Timothy Cole for the aggregated, aggravated sexual assault of Michelle ba- Mallon. And to my knowledge, they did not continue their investigation into the other victims' rapes. Um, I truly don't know. But I'm just, I would not put it past them to have just tried to charge Timothy with the assumption that he was the tech rapist. I hate that shit so goddamn much. Ooh. Anyway, that's it. So I have some more, you know, I have some more evidence here. Um, Well, not evidence. I have some more, uh, what is it? Facts. Um, hmm? Facts. Facts, yes. Um, yeah. On the night of Michelle Mallon's attack, Timothy Cole was home studying with his brother, um, was studying while his brother had a card game with friends in their apartment. Um, Timothy Cole was also a student at Texas Tech. I meant to say that. Um, uh, yes. That's why he was in the area. Um, so he could provide at least five people who could give an alibi for him that saw him at the apartment. Those people were never questioned. Anyway, I'm sorry. The, the, the not questioning of witnesses really fuck Texas. That's a very just blanket statement. And I apologize. Cause I know we probably got listeners in Texas, but fuck Texas. <laughs> Standing by that shit. So, mm. Michelle Mallon said that her attacker smoked a cigarette the entire time during her attack, um, her rape. Well, that's just rude. Yes. Uh, Timothy Cole had severe asthma and did not smoke. Uh, uh, Homeboy, that's my family. Shit. <laughs> severe <laughs> asthma. I, I say that as a fellow severe as I almost, I almost said severe asthmatist, which is not what that is. A severe asthmatic is what I meant to say. Fuck. My God, sentences. Um, I'm bad at sentences, everyone. My apologies. Sorry, I'm going to take a quick drink. You can cut this. I'm just like really thirsty. I tried to turn my mouth away. I know you're weird about mouth sounds. <laughs> oh, it is fine. I could, I literally could not hear it. Um, also, I was making very weird sounds and weird faces at the little mirror that I have right here. Because where I record, I record at the desk that I, that's my makeup desk as well. And I may have just attempted to apply a lipstick that went horribly wrong. Anyway. All right. So I'm pulling this quote from the Innocence Project article on Timothy Cole because it's forensic science stuff and I'm not good at paraphrasing science. Forensics! Ah, 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 ah. Yes. So 
Forensics Corner! Ah, ah, ah! We have forensics! I don't know what that's supposed to be. I think it's it was count, supposed um, I think it was supposed to be the Count, but then the I Count, like, right? I almost said Count Chocula, but I always get them like Count Chocula is the cereal. Yes. <laughs> the Count is not that. Like he doesn't have another name, it's just the Count. Yep, just the Count. All right. Well, can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? I love Sesame anyway. Street, man. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Back to this. So. We have strong opinions about Sesame Street here. I freaking love Sesame Street, dude. Elmo and Grouchland is so good. <laughs> oh my god. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Oh. So here's the quote from the Innocence Project article. A forensic examiner from the Texas Department of Public Safety testified that an analyst in his lab had examined the rape kit collected from the victim at the hospital after the attack. He said that the test had determined that sperm was present on the swabs from the victim's body. Serology testing found evidence of a type A secretor on the swabs, and the analyst told the jury that both Malin and Cole had type A blood. Malin is a secretor, he said, meaning her blood type can be determined from bodily fluids other than blood. Cole's secretor status was unknown. Huh. So what I'm assuming is there is a type A secretor, which was possibly Malin. So but... that bit of evidence fit. Hmm? So that bit of evidence fit then. But that's not Cole. They don't know his secretor status. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. So that's what it means. So they're just not sure if he is a secretor. Got it. I see. I see. Yeah. That's important. They said that he has type A blood, so it could be him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who else got type A blood? 90% of the goddamn population. Well, not 90. That's not how that, that's not how and numbers work. And the victim has that as well. Oh, and God. she is the secretor. Yes. However, it is. it was clearly not her sperm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was just funny to me. Like, I'm well aware that, well, for example, trans women exist and thus... Um, you can say it was her sperm. It absolutely was. And that could be what that applies to. However, as we are talking about a cis woman, that is why I laughed about that for a second. Anyway, yes. just clarifying that I'm not an awful person. Anyway, we shall proceed. Um, the analyst also testified that his lab had compared foreign pubic hairs collected from the victim's underwear and body during her hospital examination he testified that the hairs had similar characteristic to characteristics to Cole's pubic hair, but said the analyst conducting the test could not make a firm conclusion. Foreign pubic hair would make a great band name. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. Anyway, it actually I'm trying would be to a great band name. Look, I'm trying to find the funny. We are not a comedy podcast, but I try to find the funny anyway. So basically, they're listing all of these things as evidence that it could have been him, but we don't we don't have a 
we can't say specifically, but it's possible. That's crazy. But I mean, like, it happens all the time. Not, yeah, it's like this case is not strong enough. We do not have enough evidence. But that don't mean shit in these United States. Okay, and then here's my last little <laughs> saving the best for last. Save the best for last. I don't remember any other part of that song. You're going to be angry. I'm ready to rage. There was also evidence that the attacks continued to occur while Timothy Cole was in jail, and they even pulled fingerprints from one of the victim's cars of a similar attack that happened within months of Michelle Mallon's and those fingerprints did not match Timothy's, but the judge would not allow this evidence in the trial. Pew, 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 pew. I'm aware that podcasts are not a visual medium. And because of this, I need to describe the face that I just made. My head is sort of cocked at a roughly, maybe, from center, probably about... 115 degrees from my shoulder. I'm just sort of staring up at the sky. <laughs> my eyes just narrow. Just it's narrow. insane I'm, that this got as far as it did. The smooth fuck. What? This shit don't make no sense. Like no, at some no, point no. you need to admit you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And actually care about solving the case. Yeah, like it would, you know, if they solve the fucking case, then maybe, fucking maybe, people wouldn't be accusing them of being on some bullshit. You know, that's one of the wild things for me is that people always complain about like people of color saying shit about, you know, saying shit about like cops and whatever the fuck. Right. If they didn't give us reason to, we wouldn't say it. Uh, yeah. Just always. That is the thing I come back to every time of like, if you don't don't start shit, won't be no shit. That's it. Straight up. Rules of the hood. Anyway. I'm just gonna, gonna so, throw this knife across the room. So, with all of this information laid out, um, well, some of the information was withheld, but you know what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. Despite all of this, after six hours of deliberation, Timothy Cole was sentenced to 25 years for the aggravated sexual assault of Michelle Mallon. You've got to be fucking kidding me. His appeals were denied. Um, in 1995, so I think he was sentenced in 1996. Mm -hmm. Or 1986, sorry. Mm -hmm. 1986. In 1995, after the statute of limitations for this rape were up, a man by the name of Jerry Wayne Johnson, a Texas prisoner serving 99 years for two attacks similar to the one Timothy was convicted of, admits to the rape of Michelle Mallon. He wrote to the police and the prosecutors of Lubbock County, Texas, and his letters were ignored. I just... 
Uh, fuck. In 1999. I just lost all of my energy. Uh, it all left me all at one time. I've got a little bit more to go. It's fine. We keep going. I'm just staring at the ceiling. Talk about. We're at 1999 now. In 1999, Timothy Cole unfortunately died in prison from a severe asthma attack. He never knew that the man who actually committed the rape had confessed four years prior. Oh my god. Uh, Why? Yeah. In 2000, Jerry Wayne Johnson writes to the judge again, and his letters are transferred to another another judge and rejected. Eventually, he continues writing until his letters make their way to the Innocence Project of Texas and to Timothy Cole's family, where they were finally able to get attorneys and push for the posthumous DNA testing, which exonerated Timothy Cole of the rape of Michelle Mallon and implicated Jerry Wayne Johnson. I fucking can't. My In 2000. That shit is the most aggravating shit I've ever... Ooh, fuck. Oh my god. And I just want to throw this in there. Um, I will state that after uh, finding out that Timothy Cole was not her rapist... um, Michelle Mallon did work with his family to apply pressure to the state to acknowledge this and to exonerate Timothy Cole. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not really blaming her necessarily for this in so far as like, sure, sure. She made the positive identification, but we there, she was prompted to do so. Yeah. And like, I'm sure she didn't necessarily fight him in trying to get him out, right? Like, it didn't seem... I don't know if it said that in the in the research. Like, if his appeals were denied, it was probably not because she went in and said, you must deny these appeals. Yeah. So I'm not really mad at her. I'm mad at the people who didn't okay. acknowledge the fact that they were wrong. Yeah. And she... um. She continues to try to raise awareness about misidentifications and wrongful convictions using like her story as like a and the story of Timothy as like a warning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this whole ordeal takes about nine years. So in 2009, Timothy Cole is exonerated by DNA evidence um, and then he's pardoned March 1st, 2010. Uh, and then my last quote um, is for is from the Innocence Project oh I also wanted to say oh this is what I also wanted to say I didn't write this down but I remembered it while I was talking Jerry Wayne Johnson was actually brought up as a suspect in 1985 by another police officer and they never went with it that's what I forgot to write down (laughs) oh my god ugh But so my last quote, um, Texas has passed the Timothy Cole Act 
increasing compensation paid to exonerees to $80,000 per year served, um, expanding services offered to the exonerated after their release and adding compensation for the family of an exoneree if cleared after death. The state also created the Timothy Cole Advisory Panel on Wrongful Convictions in 2009 to study the prevention of wrongful convictions across the state. Hmm. Well, something positive at least emerged from this bullshit. Yeah. I just... Mm. I... And like... (laughs) I I don't even... (laughs) Like, I don't know what to say other than, like, are you fucking kidding? Like, I just. uh... Oh, you want to know how I found this case? How? I was I have like a bookmark where I put like things that I read online that I'm like, oh, I should research that for Crime and Color. So one of them, I have a list of like um, 10. uh, It was 10 convicts presumed innocent after execution. It's like a list first thing. Right. And um, this case was like an honorable mention because Timothy Cole is the first um, inmate, I guess inmate, um, in Texas to be exonerated by DNA evidence. Post, um, I think it's post- Posthumously. Hmm? It's posthumously? Yes. Yeah. Wild. In 2009. That shit is Also the fact that it's the first one for Texas in 2000 goddamn nine. Yeah, let me make sure. Mm. It says. Yes, the first post, post, is it posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous. Look at me. I cannot. That's fine. It's a weird ass word. (laughs) Posthumous DNA exoneration in the state of Texas. Yes. Jesus Christ. Oof. Oh my God. Wild. Hmm. Well, well done. Well done. I'm depressed. Um. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. There's a funny side note. Speaking of depression, I am was mentioning to someone that like so i've i everybody i believe now is aware of the fact that i have an autoimmune disease um said autoimmune disease is um um it has to do with my thyroid now because of that and when you're when your body attacks your own thyroid the symptoms of that basically mirror depression on mm. every fucking level like they look exactly you could lay one description over top of the other and they would match up almost perfectly it is fucking insane now um because of this and because i had depression prior to this i had this fun realization that i can be double depressed (laughs) and that is fucking bizarre and i hate that with a passion but it's a thing double depression it's a thing. I have um, a bit of a TMI. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to self-diagnose myself, but 
I think I have this thing. I've been keeping an eye on it for the past couple of months. So when I go to my doctor's appointment um, next week, I'm going to be uh-huh. like, look, it said that it has to happen for X amount of time. And this has been happening for X amount of time. I've been keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it's called um, PPMD, I believe. And it's when you get suicidal on your period. Oh, shit. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. It's been rough out here for the past couple of months. Sorry. God damn. (laughs) Just the fact that that can happen is so upsetting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just just thinking about that as a concept just made me go, fuck, god damn, really? It happens every, around the same time, every month, Ooh. and then I'm like, oh, that's why I've been feeling like this. <laughs> oh, god. Oh, fuck. Everybody... Go out there. Sorry, I apologize for yawning. Everybody go out there and um and and go talk to your primary care physician. You said what? Go talk to your primary care physician. My primary care physician quit and oh. didn't tell anyone. <laughs> well didn't notify her um oh patients. My God. So I'm just like, I guess I'll get a new doctor. <laughs> She fucked off to Europe. Damn. I mean, I don't know if that was your Is there somebody in the same practice? Yeah. Okay, so you so you could in theory easily shift over to someone else in the same practice, which would be convenient because you know at least they'll take your insurance still. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. 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 I was just like, okay. Awkward. I. But I need um, I need an appointment because I'm on my last month of my antidepressant, so we need to. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Mine automatically gets, I think it's because I live in a small town. Mine just automatically gets like, like my CVS will straight up just call my doctor. And uh, just... Well, I'm um, coming up on a year. Mm. So I think that that might be why. Yeah. I mean, you probably just after a certain amount of time, you should go in anyway. Typically mine is set for like six refills and they have me come in for a check-in. But then they're like, just have them call us and we'll, we'll just fax it on over. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Y'all are beautiful people. Um, the only one they don't do that for is Adderall, which, well, duh. And I, they will even fax that over, but like, I don't let them do that. I like to pick it up and then physically bring it over to the pharmacy. That way I can look in that bitch's eyes and and then count the pills on the off chance that them pills are not the correct number that I was supposed to receive. When I tell you that shit has happened, like, at least 12 times, it's insane. (laughs) Like I really don't uh, even keep track. I have an alarm set on my phone to go off every day at 8.30 a.m. for me to take my meds. Well, that's, that's how I noticed is it was like, it was telling me like, yeah, you have like multiple days, like you have almost a week and a half before you can refill this. And I'm like, that don't make no damn sense. Why do I got to wait a week and a half to fill this again? Like, 
they're like, well, you filled it on this date. And I was like, I guess I, I was like, I remember filling it on that date. Yes. And then I looked back in my like phone and like looked in or in my uh, like bank account. saw when I paid for it and all that, like, yeah, okay, cool. So I bought it that day. Then why is this bottle empty? If you gave me 28 pills and it's only been 21 days, <laughs> that sounds like a point of concern. But then I real then they're like, well, you obviously got rid of those other pills. And I'm like, are you accusing me of being a drug dealer, madam? The fuck? <laughs> like, oh, uh, bitch. And like, I, I, ha- I was fully, I was, oh, I was about ready to call, to call somebody. I don't know who I was going to call legal representatives mainly. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just lay a trap and see what happens. Um, which means I will physically walk in with that prescription and I will count it in the parking lot. And I will come back in if it is the wrong number. And I've been doing that for like six months now and it's been fine. So there's that. Don't trust a hoe. (sighs) Anyway, so listeners, take care of your health. Your health is important. And um, your mental health too, because fuck. because fuck it's hard out here for a bitch anyway um we're on twitter and instagram and shit well we're not on instagram well i don't know why the fuck i said that (laughs) we're on twitter mainly and i think we got a facebook and that's it you can email us too i don't remember what our email is though but it's on our website so okay um and um go play with a dog and stay safe out there yes (laughs) that's very specific advice but yep go play with the dog okay bye bye oh my god Thank you for tuning in to Crime and Color with Kiara and JV. The intro music that you heard was created by the artist Harms, and the interlude and ending music was created by Ben from Mystery and Urban Legends or Mall Podcast. Each artist's information is listed in the show notes, so please support them and send them the praises that they deserve. You can find Crime and Color on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like, comment, subscribe, and share with your fellow true crime and junkie friends so we can build a community. Just in case you forgot, you can find Kiara on Twitter at So This Is The Key and JV on Twitter at Mixter Hyde. You can also find Crime and Color's official Twitter page at Crime and Color, and of course, all of our handles will be in the show notes. Feel free to use the hashtag Crime and Color to talk about the show, as well as email us cases you'd like us to research to crimeandcolor at gmail.com. We're always interested in your personal stories and love interacting with you guys, so you can also email us any stories or experiences you'd like to share as well. We're so grateful that you guys are listening and giving feedback. So thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next time.